Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's two choirs singing the exact same piece. And Did you spot the crucial difference? A small difference could be crucial, even when it comes to loans. If you're thinking about a personal loan, the CCPC Independent Money Tool can help you compare loan rates in seconds. Find the best rate for you at ccpc.ie. From the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission. Hello and welcome to the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. It's the last one of 2018 and what a year it's been, Simon Ferry sitting right across me. Si, number three in the iCharts, the iTunes charts, uh, UK. What well, is that, the highest we got to? Huh? I think we got I think a number three. it was only three. a big crouchy that beat me, wasn't it? Aye, Gary one, to be fair. One, they're in decent company Good joining company, us, uh-huh. they're in decent company. 2019 could see us get that number one spot, particularly if he can pull off guests like the man sitting on my right hand side here. Top, he's got he's got big footsteps to follow in the last podcast with a wee break last week, the last one with Kevin Kyle and Paul Slane on, a man that the guy sitting next to me, Gordon Dale, knows very well. Dad's two two major characters there. Slaney loves him by the way. Spoke to Slaney last night, he loves big Daz. Well I've got to admit the first time uh, I got involved with Slaney was through his coaching. I know he's very serious now. And I was up at East Kilbride, we put on a camp for some kids and everything, and then I heard Slaney was coming, my first thoughts were, oh no, Christ, no, <laughs> no. So anyway, but Slaney turns up, he's about four hours early, <laughs> place isn't even opened, he's warming up outside, I get there, right Dazzler, what do you want me to do? I said, Slaney, look, I'll send you with the pops today, and I've got to say, best boy I've ever had the privilege to work with. Uh-huh. He was terrific enthusiasm with the kids every one of them the feedback we got was brilliant just the way he went about his business he just you know the kids good drills as well everything everything and and the one thing I liked about him was after it he would come up he would he would sit he would talk to you he would ask you you know about your experiences the best way to go about organisation his drills everything at all he would watch everything you were doing taking everything in and I know a lot of people football squeegeeing I've had it before you know the joking characters but underneath there with Slaney there's something really serious with the boy and he's and, and he wants to go on to this could be his role you know I know I had a, an up and down career like myself but as a as a coach and what I witnessed that week he certainly got a lot to offer the boy was brilliant and his character comes out as well. Uh, and you know, we all know what like it is. See if you're working under one of the best managers I've worked under and he wasn't great tactically, he wasn't great in the training ground, it was Jimmy Nicholl because he had a fantastic, you know, character. Way about him, about him. Uh, you know, uh, so, and, and Slaney's got that in abundance as we know. So I wish him, he's a terrific boy and I would certainly, certainly work with him again, but only for a day, no for a week. <laughs> Well, it's been a good addition to the, the Open Goal uh, team, Slaney, so for, for him and all the rest of the guys. Have a good Christmas, right? We'll get down to business. Um, Daz, we'll start with you. Hibs to Celtic, nil, and a well-deserved one for Neil Lennon's man. Yeah, you've got to say, um, especially Hibs have been struggling. They get, they get the wee result they needed against Hamilton away from home. 
And as much as Hamilton are struggling a little bit, it's always a difficult place to go because of the surface and everything. They needed that victory. But I thought Sunday, they were terrific. And I know a lot of people look at, the minute Celtic or Rangers lose, it's all about how bad their formations or what went on with them. They don't, Hibs and teams like that don't get a lot of credit. I thought tactically, Neil Lennon was brilliant at the weekend because he came out and he played a diamond in the middle of the park, which caused Celtic all sorts of trouble. And they got off to the best possible start. You know, you can't ask for a better start than that. Celtic, for me, were all over the place. One of the worst performances I've witnessed. I've, I've watched Celtic every second week, you know, for Super Scoreboard, Mark. And they're two different teams. At Celtic Park, you just think, this is five plus. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of chances, the way they move the ball, the quickness, the speed. Away from home, Motherwell, they were shocking second half. Hibs at Easter Road, I thought they were shocking. So there's a wee problem somewhere. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure that Brendan Rodgers will be looking at that because um, he's a perfectionist. And I think he got it wrong. I think you can talk about players. I thought the manager, and it's all in my opinion because I've never managed at his level, but I think he got it wrong. You, you, we'll speak about Neil Lennon for, for a minute. Simon, you played under Neil um, at Celtic. He was a teammate then. He was your... Your manager, that was a massive win for him. Because I wouldn't suggest that he was under pressure at Hibs, mm. but for him personally, mm. the standards that he set himself, he would have been feeling it that, that bad run, wouldn't he? Definitely. I think they looked like a team that had, had Neil Lennon shouting them for two weeks. Mm. You know, They looked like they were on it. And, and that comes for him. I, I think Gary Parker doing the, the post-match interviews tells you, I think he'd have been locked in that dressing room for years with him, knowing him. Um, even in the reserves, if you had a bad performance, it wouldn't be a wee five-minute chat. You know, he'd been there for two hours, there'd be an inquest in a reserve game. Mm-hmm. And that's how seriously he takes it. He's a very ambitious guy. He was as a player as well. He sets very high standards. Um, and I thought Hibs again were excellent. They ran over the top of Celtic. And you can't say that too many times about a Brendan Rodgers team, but to me they looked fitter and stronger than them. Um, and that would be my big worry for the Celtic manager. It's guys who, you can't say they've played too many games because it's guys that have not played a lot, that played on the Saturday. And, and for me, Hibs looked a hungrier team. And that, that shouldn't really happen with, with a Celtic team. I mean, Dad's just watching bits of the game. I was at Irish on Sunday, but seeing bits of the game. And even previously, I think Celtic, away, Celtic may be asking too much of Edward in terms of mm. he is still a kid. You think they've not really the backup striker. Lee Griff has been out. He's now out for a period indefinitely and we wish him well and he's he's recovery but it's vital that Celtic bring in another number nine in January well as I said in the programme on Sunday I, I'm surprised at a club at Celtic stature and I'm not saying to get in play every week in my day you played in the reserves waiting for an opportunity to get in the first team Celtic don't seem to have that with the size of the academy they've got you know, you look over at Ibrox on Sunday and on the bench was a young boy, Dallas, because he's scoring goals in the reserves. Now, you never get used. Um, but I don't know how Celtic have not got that cover. Edward, I think, Thursday and Sunday was shocking. Now, <clears throat> I'm not. you can make excuse you're a young boy, but there's no excuse for, especially I think it was the first half, there was a few times that Sinclair would get down the line, cut a good ball across. His movement was shocking. For a £9 million He doesn't get into that bit. He doesn't doesn't get into that. You know, he puts himself between the defender and the winger. And the winger can't pick him out. He's got to learn that side of his game. That's what I was going to ask you. Is that something you think that he's he's still to be coached? Or do you think in those couple of games it's just been laziness for him? Um, I think he was poor on Thursday, I really do. I thought his his link-up play was terrible. But he's a terrific talent, Mark. Mm. And, And... See, the problem we're now, the great thing about Celtic and teams like Rangers, two biggest teams in in, in Scotland, the minute they have a bad weekend, everything seems to be, oh, there's a million folks. You're like a Celtic team that's qualified for the last 32, Mm. won the League Cup, (coughs) games in hand, and could go top of the league. Now, if if you say that and say, well, I've had a real poor performance against Sims, fine, you'll accept that. So we start picking holes, we start picking holes in Scott Brown, you know, should McGregor play there? And Cham, look at him as a player. He's went back a little bit. I thought Brendan Rodgers even on Sunday, I, I, I've said, I've criticised him. I have no idea why Brendan Rodgers played the formation he played. I have no idea whatsoever. I watched him against Kilmarnock the week before. League leaders, Kilmarnock, and Celtic absolutely scalped him. We are back four. Izzy Geary was different class at left back. Now, 
I go back to Hibs playing the diamond. So even if Ayer plays right back, he's no up against a left winger. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've no got a problem. And everybody else fits into the system that, that, that served Brendan Rodgers and Celtic brilliantly mm. up until Scott Brown got injured and then they went 4 1 4 1. So to play Scott Sinclair wing back and as a Geary wing back, it, it, it just baffled the life out of me. It really did. See, but just on Edward, though, he's not, he's not a penalty box striker, is he? No. You didn't see him scoring tappings. He sco- when he scores goals, are usually he's out wide, he cuts and he bends the ball in the top corner. Whereas a Dumbelli or a Griffiths, the ball goes across the six yard box, they're there to tap the ball. I think that's what Celtic need now. Griffiths is no there. Dembele is no there. Edward wants to come to the ball all the time, I think. Whereas Griffiths wants to run it's him called natural, get in the box. It's natural, natural, natural finisher, yeah. yeah. Who would you go for there? I mean, realistically, in January, if you're, if, you know, if you're there and you think, oh, can we go Nick Kevin and, and bring him in? Even if it's alone to the end of the season or somebody, who would you think would be an ideal kind of number nine for Celtic to bring in? Well, I've seen the paper of names like Defoe get mentioned, for instance. I think Defoe would score. I really do. I know he's at the end of his career, but his movement's in the box. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right, side. Edward likes to go wide and pick the ball up. Natural strikers like to play within the box. Mm. That's where they score the goals. And not always have a thing in your head, the further you go away, the further you get away from the goal for me. Now, when I played, for instance... I wasn't a guy that could go out and pick the ball up in the wing, go and beat people and curl it into the top top corner. Mm-hmm. I was a guy that depended on my full, my full backs, my wide men, and I passed through the middle for me, you know, in that eighteen yard area mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to score. Edwards know that kind yeah. of and I think Celtic as you say, Griffiths is that kind. I think Celtic need that because watching his movement at the weekend, I thought it was very, very poor. But he's young He's getting the best coaching, and that may come. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just look at a player and you know that they've not got that natural. McCoy was uh, the master of <clears> it. <throat> you know, I mean, yeah. forget him in the link-up play. Mm-hmm. The minute the ball goes in the box, he comes alive, and that's why he scored all the goals. There was a couple of times in Europe, James Forrest was getting the ball wide, and he's wasn't it across the front through the, at the box, and Edward's pulling back to the 18-yard mm-hmm. spot to get the ball cut back. You know what I mean? That's why Rogic's there. He's there to arrive at the 18-yard box. You want your number nine to be breaking his neck to get in at the, the areas that you're going to tap the ball in the net for five yards. I think when you watch your old club, as I know you do, Man City, and the thing that struck me under Pep Guardiola is the amount of goals that they score from either the wingers, whether it's Sterling or whoever Sani it is, Walker, that, uh, Sani, getting to the byline, but not the byline at the corner flag, coming right in, coming along it, uh-huh. and just wasn't something along the six-yard box, and there's always at least two options there. If you look at the amount of goals that they score from within the six-yard box, and that's something that, well, you, you they obviously, back. they clearly yeah. work on in terms of the movement and, and where they put the but ball. But you've got to you've got to look at Man City and say that the quality of players, course, they've I, got first I, and I, foremost, they've got Aguera, who is that kind of penalty box guy as well, but they've got so much talent uh, from middle to front in their movement. But you're right, they play in such areas because teams are frightened against teams like City, so they'll c- they'll clamp into the middle of the park and try and defend nice and tight and say, well, we'll let, rather force them down the wide areas. But what they've got that much quality in the wide areas, when they get there, they pick out the right yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is the movement's right, yeah. the timing of the movement. See, when you coach young strikers... I've watched people getting coached and the, before the ball's even in the box, they've made about five runs. I don't believe in that. I think that you've got to make the movement. If somebody's about to cross that ball, that's your time to make your movement. You could be standing there. All the best strikers, Koisty used to do it as well. You would stand there and just as somebody would put their foot to it, boom, that was your movement. You got across the defender. Or sometimes you went short and peeled back. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was missing with Edward because I thought that Celtic were in good positions whereas the defender, he's made it easy for the defender because the defender can still see him. See, uh-huh. You know what I mean? <clears throat> he's still in the line. Whereas if he goes in behind the defender, the defender looks to look at the ball and that's when he makes his movement. But he's young. He's come with a big price tag. The one thing I like about him, he's a terrific player. He's got great ability. Mm. So it's whether they can coach that natural instinct in that box to go and bang the goals constantly for them. Well, across the, the City Rangers also looking for a, for a number nine, somebody to come in and, and, and put a bit of pressure on Morelos and a bit of support to Morelos. I was there on Sunday, Rangers won 1-0. Daniel Condé scored after three 
minutes. Rangers should have won three or four nil. Gary Woods had mm-hmm. a couple of terrific saves. Kyle Lafferty's missed a couple of uh, sitters. How important is it for just what we're saying about Celtic? How important is it for Stephen Gerrard to go and get a, num- a number? I nine think I think his biggest job, Martin, and I've been there. I've inherited squads, and you're trying to change things about and make it better. But you've got people on your books that you can't go off and you're desperate to get them out of the club so that you can bring in fresh mm-hmm. players, your players. And I think Rangers in that bit of situation because there were two players we were talking about the weekend, the guts of 50 grand between Peña them. and Herrera. Herrera, yeah. Yep. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you think of what you could do, do with that money in January if you could get them off the wage bill. But unfortunately, you're not going to be able to do that. See, I look at, I look at Rangers and everybody talks about a number 10. They need this number 10. These number 10s are very hard to find, let me tell you. There's no millions of them going about. Paul Slane. Aye, Slaney. Slaney will find them. He'll be out there in the coaching thing. Slaney will coach them how to score goals. But the number 10 is a very hard uh, position to go and find because that's the guy that opens everything up. If you look at all the, the top teams like the cities, and all, go and look at their guys that are number 10s. They're multi-millions. They're, mm. they're way out price ranges, the Celtic and Rangers. So... Rangers need someone. Lafferty's in there. You're not telling me he can't again and do a turn with, with Morelos, who's banging in goals. My biggest concern for Rangers is the defence. I'm. I, I know Barris has come in. I, I like the look at him. I think the two centre backs are. I, I I don't think throughout they've the season done, we'll win your league. They've got four at the moment. There's there's Katic, there's Goldson. There's McCauley and there's Warrell. So they've got four centre centre backs. They've, they've bought Katic, they've bought Goldson, they've got McCauley in a free, and they've got Warrell on one. Out of the four, who's the best partnership? Or do you think they still need to bring another one in? I think if they could get rid of one or two of the centre backs, I'd freshen centre backs up, yeah. I don't think they're good enough. Who would you move on, Daz? If you could move one think, on, who would you move on? I think Cartage is struggling badly. Yeah. Um, and I think when he came in at first, I'd, you just look at somebody and you, you think, no, I don't fancy him. But you've got to give people time. That's only one mm-hmm. person's opinion. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him against Hamilton, I thought, oh, he's all over the place. Warrell, but you've got to look at these boys, right? Like, say, Golson had only played some like 30 odd games in his career. Exactly. Had he played at that, you know, the pressures he played with Rangers at 50,000 people every second week. Cartage, you look at Warrell's hardly, you know, not played hundreds of games, a lone E for Nottingham Forest. Macaulay, I think, when he came up, great experience had only played so many games with West Brom as well that season. But you look at the four, and honestly, I, I, I know why Steven Gerrard's rotating it all the time. Because I look at them one week and go, that's not a good partnership. Then you look at them and you say, oh, that's, that looks no bad. They've, they've done okay this, this week. And then it's... I think you can expose Rangers easily, defensively easily. I think that's where a big test will come at Ibrox. Because if I think if Celtic are firing on all fronts from the front four, as I call them, I think they'll give Rangers authority. Here's one for you, Cassio. Would you sign uh, Would you sign Shankland for Rangers? Lon Shankland from Air United. Would, would Rangers fan. Uh, for three hundred grand mm-hmm. or whatever it is in that kind of region, and obviously well within Rangers' budget in terms of wages. I'd, I would love to see I he's a young Scottish talent and you love to see boys with low divisions getting a chance um, what, I would, what I would certainly do if it was possible and even if you had to give Air United 50 grand so let us have a look at him for a week mm-hmm. and if see we take him if not you'll get 50 grand what do you think you're in the lower leagues what do you I don't know, I've not seen enough of him, but honestly I've not, had, I've not seen enough of him. I played against when I was at Dundee, he was a young kid at Aberdeen, and I remember he came on, he impressed me straight away, that was years ago. Um, but I mean, if you're scoring that many goals in the Championship, you know, there's good teams in the Championship, yeah. Dundee United, and he's, he's doing it week in, week out. It's not like he's he's a flash in the pan, you know what I mean? It's been a full half a season he's been doing it. What, what do you think, Daz? 
Well, our scoring 35 plus in the championship <laughs> week, is it, is it year in, year out. Play the year, two play? years in or three oh, years in or with PFK? I don't know. Yeah. I went to that many. I just <laughs> counted trophies. Every time I'm in the Hilton, I was a trophy. Right? They actually gave me the door. That's a lie. You, you, you were in the Hilton more times than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was there that often, he sponsored me, Ralph Slate. They gave me a trophy for that as well. Um, but I watched the boy against... Uh, the big question mark's simple, and, and we'll all be the same, but you'll never know until he, he actually goes and has a goal. Can he take the step up? Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's a big question. I'm, I'm like you. I've no, I've no watched him that much, but I watched the game against Dundee United when he banged in four. And I get back to Edward, right? And I'm not uh-huh. comparing before MD thinks I am, I'm not. But his movement in the box was excellent. If you go and watch his movement in the box against Dundee United, it was brilliant. It created the space for him to score the goals. Now, the the counter-argument is people say, well, he's not playing against the same defenders he would play in the Premier League. But you're right, Mark. I think a boy that's got a natural eye, and he's obviously, I think he's changed a little bit because I think he's got a new job. He's into fitness. Personal trainer. uh, Yeah, right. But he's got a natural eye for goals. And... You can only tell when you take him in, and plus if I remember also the argument against can he do it against top players? Well, the argument against that is he's playing with better players because he's getting more chances to Because because I, I I found no disrespect. I found going down the leagues harder to play with with worse players. Uh-huh. Right when I went to I went for the Wraith Rovers and I was I was scoring thirty odd goals in the championship. And I went to Ferret Rovers Air. I was coming near the end of my career. And after two games at Air United, I offered them money and everything back to cancel my contract because I thought, I'll not score five goals. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't score five. Because yeah. you were making moves that that quick movement that you tried to make that you were educated with, they took an extra touch. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just yeah. because you'd sort of played at different levels. It was the greatest story when my first old firm game, when I see to David Cooper at Celtic Park. What am I got to do? Just run. I'll find you. You know, that was the quality. Yeah. And when you had guys like David Cooper saying that to you with the quality. So that's where I think Shacklin might be worth saying, as you say, get him in, have a look at him in training, see how he does with the, with the players. But he's certainly got an eye for goal, the boy. Got to say that for him. How important then in terms of the, the league days? Because whatever happens, Rangers, Celtic, and we'll not rule out Comarnock, they're all going to be tight. Nobody's going to be eight, nine, ten points ahead come the winter break. So how important is it to get the right business done at the clubs during the window next month? Massive. January's massive. Forget Comarnock. Comarnock's a fairy tale. They'll, they, I watched Comarnock uh, turn up at Celtic Park last week and um, people were saying, well, the fans are dreaming. Right, well, they get away the week. <laughs> the, alarm, the alarm clock went off, let me say. But they've been brilliant, Kilmarnock. I like watching Kilmarnock. Mm. He's he's doing a terrific job down there. He's turned the place about. There's a great enthusiasm about the club now. The fans are starting to come back. So they should for, the, for what they're producing. But they're not going to win the league. They're not good enough to win the league. No chance. And I know people say, well, Leicester City, all that nonsense, right? So they're not going to do that. <laughs> right. That's not happening. So Celtic and Rangers is a big transfer window. A real big transfer window. I think Celtic obviously have got the money. They don't really have the problems that Rangers have got trying to get ready 50 grand right away for a week. Plus there'll be other players there that they'll, they'll try and move on. So I think it's going to be a more difficult transfer window for Rangers than it is for Celtic. And the only way that's, the, the, for my opinion, the only way the league can go tight right to the end is if Celtic, for some reason, continue with this away mm-hmm. structure that's happening. Because they've not been great in the, the road at all. No, I mean, they've dropped points at Livingston, they've dropped points Simon. at St Mirren, yeah. they've dropped points at Murrowell, mm-hmm. they've lost... Uh, at Hibs, they've lost at Tynecastle. The, you're right on the road. It's been very, very poor. Um, but, but flip the coin over. When they go to Celtic Park, they just look a different team uh-huh. that comes out the the tunnel. Mark and some of the football they play is great. For instance, Kamarnock went top of the league to Celtic Park, get beat five one. Hearts turned up top of the league Celtic Park, get beat five, and they were the two teams were lucky to get out just fives, mm-hmm. right? 
And that's not being disrespectful to the Hearts of Command. It was just Celtic are a different team at Celtic Park. But if they continue what they're doing away from home, and you've seen the confidence Hibs had in Sunday against them, believed that they were going to win, then if Rangers can recruit properly, then I think we're in for an exciting time. Well, tomorrow night there's two big games. As we said, Rangers go Easter Road, Motherwell visit Celtic Park. There was there, as I said, there was there on Sunday to watch Rangers. And after the game, Rangers went top of the league. But Stephen Gerrard wasn't he getting carried away, he was playing it down. And if anything, he was critical of his players in terms of lack of the killer, lack of killer instinct, instinct inside the box. If you're a player in a dressing room and you go top of the league, but the manager isn't fulsome in his praise, do players get annoyed at that, does? No, I don't think so. I think he's I think he's playing it down because of the hype that went round about it the last time they went top of the league. Mm. It lasted days. That's right. You know, everybody's, oh, Rangers top of the league, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're not. They're, they're poor Aberdeen Dundee, and things change very quickly. So I think inside the dressing room, he'll be saying, look, guys, I'm playing this down. We're not going to get carried away here. We're playing this right down. We're not going to play into the hands. Eh? Everybody think we're getting excited. So as much as he's a, he's a young manager in his first season as a manager, he's starting to learn as well. Yeah. You know, he's starting to educate himself, right, hold on a minute here. But privately he'll be saying to his players, I know that the, you were at the game on in, in, in Sunday. They're hard games, you know, seeing you've got all the possession. I've played in games like that when you've got all the possession and you're expected to put on a great show, 4-5-0. Like what I said about Celtic, I don't get carried away with the fact Celtic lost at Hibs. But... It was all about getting the three points. Yeah. It's all about the winning. And it's all about getting to the top of the league. Putting in our three, four or five by Woods and the Hamilton goal and entertain the fans is great. That's icing the cake. But to be top of the league, they're now getting into a difficult period coming up. Because Rangers go to Hibs tomorrow night, Celtic go to Motherwell. And as I say, unless something miracle happens, which... You know, I hope it does. Being a great Motherwell supporter, sure, sure. then <laughs> then you can only see Celtic winning. So once again, the pressure's on Rangers to go to Easter head. Road under, you know, the circumstances that Hibs are playing with confidence now because yeah. of the Celtic result. So on, on that front, then um, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night, obviously. But this is the last open goal podcast with William Hill of 2018. So Daz, that's why you're in the studio. You're in here to give us. The big prediction into the old Dazzler's crystal ball, December 29th at Ibrooks, Rangers v Celtic. I would imagine the winner would go into the winter break, top of the league, considering how tight it is. Um, You're not going to ask me for a prediction. <laughs> Get slain on the phone. <laughs> no, I was, going to, I was going to phrase it, I'm not going to say who do you think is going to win, I was going to phrase it differently. How do you see it going? <laughs> and who do you think will be top of the league? I think I think going back a, a few months, you know, and watching Celtic, I'd have certainly everything would just went towards Celtic going to Ibrox and and winning and being top of the league. I've still said for day one, I, I think Celtic will win the league, and I still think they'll win it by a few points. Uh, it's great for football that Kilmarnock are up there, Livingston are doing so well, and and teams like that. You've seen St Johnston, Aberdeen are back up to fourth. So, Ibrox will be a... I would love it, the now, you know, that the two of them getting there, the winner goes top of the league at the, yeah. the, the you know, can That'd be an ideal scenario, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the excitement, the everything would be brilliant. Talking points would be great. If Celtic go and play the way they played on Sunday, you would fancy Rangers would beat them. Because Rangers' record at Ibrox is very good. Right, and they're playing well there, they're creating a lot of chances. My big worry for Rangers, I keep touching on, I think they need to get a partnership at the back. I think you can't... If you if you gave Rangers player a year now, it would be McGregor or Morelos. Mm-hmm. Right? So it tells you your goalkeepers continually, you know... Getting Have a you, for the cut, boys in front of them. Exactly, yeah. Mark. And that's where a lot of people are missing. McGregor's been some signing, you've got to say. He's been absolutely terrific. But you can't keep relying on your goal all the time. Because yeah. he's going to go through a bad wee spell. You can't, he can't be brilliant every yeah. single week. Well, I think that the manager appears to favour Goldson and Macaulay. And Goldson. I, I think Warrell's number three. And I think for the moment, I think Katic is just it's a custard yeah. pie at the moment. Yeah. So well, I would play the two. I would probably go with the two. 
my colleagues lacky pace a wee bit. I think if 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 I was if I was Edward, for instance, and and when I played, I would do a wee bit homework before I played, and, mm-hmm. and I, I usually played up front with maybe a brushed. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com or somebody and I would look at the weakest centre centre half and I would immediately go on him uh-huh. yeah. right now if I was Edward as much as Macaulay loves a physical battle because that's what he is he loves a physical battle I think if Edward gets him one on one I think he's got a problem mm-hmm. right because I think the boys get so much pace and they can get so I would probably edge to go with him but the, but he's got experience Macaulay that's a good thing about it he's got experience but I just look at, I look at Rangers defensively, and people can look. Oh well, they've only lost so many goals, but when you come against that, like say Forrest gone at you yeah. coming coming in, you get Edward if he gets back to his form, you get Tom Rogic who I think on his days the best midfield player in Scotland. I think he's brilliant. Last Thursday he was steaming, wasn't he? I was, I was, I, he was, he was having. <laughs> he was out, wasn't he? Must have been. Aye, he was having a, he was having one of my days. <laughs> and you've got McGregor's and people like that, so. I think um, I think we're in for an exciting twenty nine. Three four weeks ago, I'd have went Celtic all day long. Now, I'm and you're not allowed to tip a draw, by the way. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to tip a draw. I know exactly who I'm. I think it's still with Macaulay. See, because Tavernier pushes on so high. Do you want Macaulay left vulnerable a one v one with Edward? As you say, you know he might go for pace because of that. Well, I'd, I'd I would I would struggle. Um, I would worry about how high line you play against Celtic and stuff like that as well. And then if you sit in too much, it gives him too much play in the middle of the park where they can Mm -hmm. go and outplay you. It'll be interesting to see the teams and the tactics that they set up. Tell you what, if I was Stephen Gerrard, I'd be praying that Brendan Rodgers pitched up at Ibrox and went three five two. We Scott Sinclair and Izagiri. He's your two wing backs. He's your two wing backs. I'd fancy Rangers all day with that. So who's going to... Sorry, I... I, 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 I don't get away with it. I'm trying to get away with that. I'm going for a draw. <laughs> right, we'll let you away with a draw. You might be right. You'll probably be right. Say, si, who are you going for? The old firm game. I think... December is, 29th. Lunchtime kick-off. Is that, is, I think a lot will come down to the teams. I would not honestly like to say until I've seen the yeah, teams I'm that we've You, know, you to need to see the teams to. before you decide who you think it's going to... As old Huey Taylor, the old sports writer, used to say, only a fool would predict the outcome of an old firm game so I'm going for a draw <laughs> we're all going for draws <laughs> you're right you only have you feel once you see the uh-huh. you're asking me you a prediction I gave one on Sunday right 3-1 three, <laughs> three, <one laughs> Celtic oh 3-0 Celtic right I was Eight. doing in 40 odd seconds he asked it 30 seconds into the programme by Gordon Duncan on, on Sunday and 10 seconds later Hibs are one of us. Says, "Can I change that?" If he wants, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be good on your cooking show because they oh. can't get everything right either. Oh, oh. by the way, I'm hopeless. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> right, brilliant. Just to touch on uh, very quickly, Sai Friday night, Livingston five hearts. No, I mean, where wow. did that come from? That's what I was saying about Shankland as well. I know I mentioned it at the time, but Livingston eight players in that team that played in League One with them. Yeah, so true. do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and they're taking the league by storm. And by the way, Hearts were abysmal, weren't they? Well, defending. What about their defending? Was, was it the boy Menga's goal? Yeah, yeah. So yeah it was like, yeah. uh, he'd all the time in the world. But put in, didn't he? Livingston have been absolutely brilliant, haven't they? 
Yeah, and I always I remember playing against them, and I absolutely hated playing against them because every week they are on it. I think it's a lot of young boys who have been places and they've been released, and you can really tell they've got a determination to make it on them. I mean, the three guys at the back have been brilliant, and if you'd have told me that Alan Lithgow, Halkett, and Decky Gallagher would be standing in the Premier League, I wouldn't have believed you five years ago. Honest, and I'm being totally honest about that. We try to get Alan Lithgow to Peterhead. And I think he went to Airdrie for because they were full time. But that was he was going to come to Peterhead. We were in League Two, mm-hmm. and it's great to see because they're great boys. Mm-hmm. And as I say, I think Alan Lithgow was at Hearts, the young kid, Decky Gallagher was at like with me. So I'm absolutely delighted for every one of them because I know they're great boys. And even when you played against them, they were they were running away with League One, but they were always really humble guys, you know, yeah. really nice guys. And I'm delighted for Livingston. And it's no surprise to me because I think at the end of last season when they were in the playoffs, I I, I think I, people would be surprised. Yeah. At, how, how well Livingston will do this year and I, I picked the boy Pittman as well mm-hmm. and you think they'll finish top goals. six? I think they will finish top six yeah. I just think going the there is horrible going there is horrible see going yeah. Almond it is horrible oh yeah I've been there so Tony Macaroni oh sorry uh, Tony mm. Macaroni but, um, just in case what he's saying is in a free pizza Celtic <laughs> <laughs> and Rangers both no picked up uh, no one there this season Hearts as well that's right um, I think their home form will get them in the top six this year. Yeah, credit to to Gary Holt and his players, and what a shame for the Hearts boys they had to cancel their, their <laughs> Christmas party or weekend and cry because it. I, I well, just watch it. There is absolutely no chance that will catch on. Uh, that's a, that's a nonsense. I remember. Do you ever have that? that somebody cancelling your Christmas party? Right, I'm going to name and shame him right here now. <laughs> Jimmy Nick, right? We get through a full season, and we were different class. We won the we won the league. Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers. So we're going to the usual Magaluf boy. You know what I mean? We had the rain spot on the beach at Magaluf. We we, the boy used to put the towels down for us. Right beside the pedagos. Oh, unbelievable. Right. So we're playing, and it, this, this is how long ago it was, we're playing Clyde Bank at Kilbowie. And we turn up there. We're going out on the Saturday night. I think I was a captain or something like that. So anyway, cut a long story short, Nickel comes in for a game. There you go. I think it was about two, three grand. Right, I'm thinking, well, I'll get a good skin out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, boys, the gaffers gave us 500. <laughs> you can go to Magaluf. I'm away to Florida. Aye, so, so they were wondering how I was in first class. Right? So he, he throws the envelope down. We go, so we've been brilliant. We'd squished the league. Right? Uh-huh. And this day we were hopeless. Right? And then Clyde Bank, I think, beat us 2 1 or 1 0. So it comes in, but we're in the party, mate. Uh-huh. We're ready to go to the airport and all this going on. So I'm looking about, right, who stole the money? Right, come on, <laughs> get yourselves, everybody up against the wall. Somebody stole the two, two, three grand. Nickel, I've got it. Put it in his pocket. So I'm looking, going, oh, you're joking. Nah, disgraceful. Absolute disgrace, he says. It was good club's money, wasn't it, uh-huh. Jimmy? Right? Absolute disgrace. So we're saying, right, let him calm down. Let him go and fucking give a pint again. Let's calm down or something. So I'm going, I don't want to put it, boys. I'm new thinking, oh, they brought on a good <laughs> <laughs> I was panicking. The sweat was coming down me. So, swear to God, even all the way to the airport, I phoned him. I says, Jimmy, what's going on? Nah, disgrace. Nah, the money's going back. He's earning getting the money. Never gave us the money. Oh my God. Never gave us the money. So see, as much as I know that people have got their own opinion, I think Craig Levine is a million percent wrong. Mm. I always had to so, think... So, sorry to interrupt. Did, so did Levine cancel or did the players decide no, to do Levine it? Levine cancelled it. If, if, if Levine's cancelled it, I think he's wrong, right? And I can weigh up all the arguments about, well, supporters saying they're away and they're having a bevy and all this kind of I can understand that. But... As I as when I went into management, I used to do maybe between a four week thing with my staff and say, right, that's the players' days off. This is what's happening, and I wouldn't care if one lose or draw. I would never change that because their families there as well. So you're there. See these managers. I can't stand these managers that. Probably somebody will phone in, by the way, you've done that to me, right? <laughs> I can't stand the ones that say, right, by the way, we're playing Sunday, you've got to be off Monday. You come in, you have a bad result, oh, everybody in the Monday. Uh-huh. I can't be bored with that, yeah, right? Yeah. You get, they're, they're human beings, they've had a bad day, yes, you're disappointed. So I think Levine should have went, do you know what, boys? On you go, get out the road. Mm-hmm. As long as you behave yourself, get out the road. 
And I just let them go and do what they have to do, then come back. What's the point of saying, right, go to Canada, they'll all be doing the dumps again, they've been looking forward to it. You've then got to lift them again. Get them out your road, plus the fact it gives the manager a wee bit of time to go, uh-huh. do you know what, I'm just going to sit here, like, what went on there, bit wee like, staff, uh-huh. let's go for a meal, let's talk about this, how can we improve it? When the boys come back, they'll be refreshed and let's go on with it. I just think it's nonsense, and, and I hope Nicola is listening, it was me two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad, I was just going to say, I've just a, a call there for you, Super Scoreboard, saying that you were absolutely honking in the programme. On, uh, on Sunday, so you're bad for the Christmas night. <laughs> 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 I love the Christmas night. <laughs> right. right, here we are. We're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. It's the last one of 2018. We're all getting ready for Santa. Simon's been out treating his Celtic a couple of new prezzies. He's uh, he's looking the part. He's looking I'm well, considering he had his, his Christmas... Um, Night out, we've got about 15 minutes left on the programme. I'm Mark Goody and our special guest alongside me is Gordon Dale. Very quickly, we'll touch on the Europa League draw. Then we're going to speak about Jose Mourinho, Daz's pal mm. from Old Trafford. He has been sacked today and we'll have a wee look. Just finishing this um, awful, we'll have a look at the Christmas nights out and uh, how uh, the boys, any memories that they have from their time out on the, the Razzle. OK, Celtic, Valencia, La Liga side... Sai, good draw yeah. for Celtic box office one. I think so. I think member played him in the Champions League a few years ago, didn't they? Yeah, uh, the Mustai, a great stadium. I was there. Rab Douglas, had John Carew the played, didn't he? Yeah, and Rab Douglas. Celtic lost one 0 yeah. Martin Neal's team, but Rab Douglas, I think, probably had his best ever game in a Celtic. Yeah. I don't think they're the Valencia. They were. They're no the Valencia. They were years ago now, though. No, no, they've no. struggled for a few years. Just a shame, Gary Neville's no still in <laughs> But uh, I think again, it will depend on who they bring in in January. You know, I think that. I think they need two or three players to compete in the Europa League. I think yeah. Salzburg was very poor for me. Uh, never laid a glove on them. Um, they looked miles better. Uh, Celtic were miles off it. And I think two or three top quality players are needed if you're going to compete at that level for me. They got to the this stage last year, mm-hmm. and as it was dropped, although the route was dropping out the, the 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 Champions League, and then they came up against Zenit and lost. I mean, Celtic realistically got a chance of beating Valencia. I think they have. I think I think Sai's right about you know who they bring in. What they do, um, Celtic part's got to be important. Try and get as uh, a lead as much as you can. We're touching on the way for him. Would you fancy Celtic just now over in, over in Valencia? No, I wouldn't. I watched them in the Champions League. Valencia, they're not the worst, as you say. Salzburg the night there. I didn't think they were that good. So, as in before they arrived at Celtic Park, and then mm. when you watched them. Technically, in the way they moved yeah. the ball, uh-huh, different level. Uh-huh. My God, they oh, totally so outclassed. The Austrian team were oh, very, very they, were, they were, they were terrific. Yeah. So it shows you the standards that you're up against, uh, Mark. But I think it's a, I think it's a favourable draw. Uh, Brendan Rodgers said that years ago he used to go over and study their ways and stuff like that. So I think it's an exciting one for the Celtic fans. If I, uh, do they have a chance? Yeah, I think they have. In terms of the, Brendan, always plays the same way in terms of his, his philosophy on football but can you see him trying to let's say for example the first legs at Celtic Park so mm-hmm. let's say they've got a lead to go and defend whether it be a 1-0 or a 2-1 or whatever can you see him like deploying tactics where they, they sit in or do you think he'll still always have that you know plenty of attacking options on I th- the I on think the he's put himself in a position now that he's got to still always have that attacking options because one that's their best philosophy that's mm-hmm. their strength because if you look at Celtic, you'll always talk about middle to front with them. They're, they're so quick in their yeah. movement. So I think you'll always stick to that. And plus the fact he's come out on record and said, I'll never change the way the style of football I'm going mm. to play. I don't know if that was the best thing in the world because I think top managers do change. I'm not saying Brendan Rodgers isn't a top manager. Of course he is. But I think the real elite guys know when to change and how to change. You know, and I think it's part of football nowadays, especially because there's no such a thing as an easy away game now. You've got to go there, your tactic. You can still play the personnel you want to play, but you can play it in a different way, if you know what I mean. Whether you sit deeper, whether you, you know, be a narrower midfield, or where you drop one off the striker, or, you know, where you go with two wide guys and stuff like that. You can still play the personnel. But I think sometimes that Brendan's been caught out away from home by playing the style. Now, the reason I won't criticise, because I'm sitting in Hamden, I'm looking out here, and I had one of the, the worst memories of my life as a manager. 
we got to the semi final against Rangers and we'd, Air United. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'd beaten Dundee United Premier League, Motherwell Premier League, Dundee, I think, at the time, Premier League. And we had been absolutely brilliant. And I played a formation, it was like a 4 2 4. But 4 4 2, but I had two white guys. Now, the size of Hamden, so when we came in the semi final, my staff all sat down, right, what are we doing? I said, I'm going attacking. Only best way to go here is attacking. I says, Rangers have got better quality than us. I'm right at them. I'm getting two wingers, two midfield players. We'll get right at them. Oh, we'll this is Dick Advocate's team. Dick Advocate, yeah. yeah. When the, the players that he had. <clears throat> and um, seven goals later, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, thought, I thought maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I walked off the pitch that day and I learned as a young manager, if I had my time over again, I would have certainly done it completely different but that was my philosophy and that's why I can understand Brendan Rodgers saying no this is the way I like to play but that that was that was hilarious that was the time (laughs) Kinchelskis stood in the ball oh was that right aye that was the time that happened that was uh he was I, looking for you, weren't you? You were, you were hiding by this point. He wasn't looking for me when he chapped the door and he seen a coffee cup coming in. <laughs> well, 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 it's a great link. I love the way you've just linked your own management career and Brendan's his philosophy into somebody in total contrast who's just been sacked today. Jose Mourinho, lack entertainment, falling out with players, Man United fans completely switched off and disillusioned and the United board decided to call it a day with Jose Mourinho um, this morning. Daz, I know you're a big fan of Jose yeah. Mourinho's. Was I it deserved? I think it was coming. I think um, I think the, the difference in football nowadays is players and chief execs have got the power now, haven't they? You know, when I, th- I think you could tell it in the, the transfer window. Mourinho wasn't happy. They were throwing names at Mourinho that Mourinho knew wasn't good enough. Now, people say Mourinho's went back the way and he's not the manager and he's not this. The guy's CV would break this table, Mark. For what he's achieved in football, it is incredible. So I give him all the respect in the world. I think he'll come back again. What happened was he stood up to the big-time players. And I, I like people like that. For instance, that Pogba. I would have, I would have put him right out of the door. I would have put him no, right. I out. Can't I'm, stand him I'm sorry, you, you know, getting hairdressers in before the games and the way he went about his business. Now, as much as the manager takes the blame and takes the sack, I've watched Manchester United and I think their players are a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. So poor uh, player, poor got Mourinho the sack. Certainly did, and people say, "Well, you can handle players differently." Sometimes you just got a batch of boys that you know they're the wrong people in the wrong place. He had a bad time. Doesn't he make make him a, a a bad manager? And it's true. I say a story. I met him at uh, a Russell Watson concert, and I know that you three are sitting going, "What's he doing at a Russell Watson concert?" Right? <laughs> I'm just surprised. Was the Joe Longthorn you're right? And the Joe Longthorn. I'm a, a big Joe, yeah, big Joe fan. I was it Joe? I met him in the caravan, but he didn't know Mourinho, so I get out of there quicker. <laughs> but I met Mourinho at a thing, mate, and you know, just five minutes conversation. The guy's just oozes class Plus, for me, and he's had a bad experience at Manu. But I, I think Manu. I think, man, you're a bad club to now, Mark. Yeah. And I think it, it, the, the corridors are rotted as well. It's always hard when you've got this, the great Sir Alex Ferguson sitting above you, what he's achieved. But Fergie, he should be there anyway. That's his club. But when you get guys that ex-players like the schools and all this, who, the Gary Nevilles, who should appreciate how hard a job it is. Because he walked out of a studio and went into a, a job and failed miserably. Mm. Henri's doing the same as well, aren't he? Right, uh-huh. exactly. Henri's doing the same as well. Talk's great, and you've got to realise that it's a hard job. I just think a lot of his players let him down. He'll take responsibility, but I don't know if he might be struggling for Christmas. I think his Christmas presents <laughs> will be no bad. <laughs> and I hope he's listening. Uh, he'll, probably, he'll probably have moved at the, the Lowry. <laughs> I remember that was one of the things that United fans, he, he didn't seem to ingratiate himself with the, the, the local community staying at a hotel, which I, I can understand if people will be thinking, you know, is your, is your heart in it um, or not? You may argue what's the difference whether you live in a house yeah, or you live in a penthouse. Say, yeah. But, however, um, on that, um, 
Now, it could well be the time that you're, you're listing Man United have appointed someone even temporary, uh, a temporary role to the end of the season. But we all have great pundits. And for me, the best is is, is Graham Souness on the television. Say Frank McAvenny. I love I love like Souness, and alongside him, there was Roy Keane. Brilliant, eh? Um, at the weekend, brilliant television. Should there be or could there be a role for Roy Keane at Man United in, in, in any new kind of regime, whether it's on a temporary basis to the end of the season or permanently? Well, you t- you talk about pundits. I would sit and listen to Roy Keane all day long. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'd listen to him is because, not because he was such a great player, he talks the truth. You know, there's no there's no hiding place for him. He, he, he comes out, he says it as he feels. He's not been... Pundits don't criticise people because it's not a criticism. It's, it's just their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Roy Keane's very straightforward in what he says. I think his knowledge of game's terrific. Um, a lot of people don't like him because he's so forward and he's in your face. I would, I'd have loved to have played under Roy Keane because I think as a as a player, you like a manager to look you right now and tell you, listen, this is why I've left you out. You accept it or don't accept it. It's your strength of character. I think Keane's that kind of guy. Whether he's too strong as a guy for, for a modern day player, player that you're talking about. <laughs> But even for the Edward Woodward, this yeah, this yeah. world, you know, whether he's sitting going, hold on a minute, if I'm not doing it right here, Keane will call me out. Keane will yeah. come right in. Yeah. He's coming for me. Yeah. So sometimes they they t- they tight it, go, no, no, I'll keep myself cushy. I'll get <laughs> yeah. somebody that I can control. Uh-huh. I don't think. Could, but <clears throat> I'm sure that. Do you know what I would love Keane to get in there for? Because I think he would close the door, and I don't think he would miss the big time Charlies, which I think Manchester United need. Would you would you have Roy Keane involved or, or who would you like to see? Who's a realistic... And, and also, I'm asking so many questions here, Man United still top five clubs in oh, the world in definitely. terms of box Or do you think like a, let's say for example, a Pochettino would look and say they normally Man United all day long, but you thinking, I don't know because who is going to get it right? It depends what's going on, like you said, depends what's going on with the guy Woodward. He seems to me to be clueless. I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking into the outside, but the recruitment has been terrible. Terrible. I mean, is Mourinho picking these players? That's the sort of stuff you want to know as a manager. Because I imagine at Tottenham, Pochettino picks every player that he wants. You know, at a man United, does that happen? Because some of the signings, Lindelof, ba- Bailey. I think, I, think you'll find, I think you'll find that there's not many in control. Really? Uh-huh. I think you'll find that. I think you'll find that the chief execs are controlling them. Why is it? Why has that happened? It's just the, the new roles and the, and what happens now. That's why if you look at a lot of people's titles, head coach, gone are the days of manager above your door. I don't understand coach. that, do you? I totally agree with you. But it's a modern day football. And what happens is they sign the players, they hand the players to you, and then you're basically, you're, it's, your, uh, it's your job, it's on the line. So there's not many. At one point, I think, Fergie and Arsene Wenger were the only two in the Premier League that was in charge of who come in the club. Surely if your job's on the line, it's up to you to pick the players that are going to get there. And they're saying one of the things about Man United will probably come in a new restructure as there will be a, a director of football or whatever mm-hmm. title you want because they wanted to bring somebody in to, to have a middleman between Woodward and the manager, but Mourinho wouldn't he, wouldn't he have it? But it seems to be a, a modern day way of of, of going about it. Surely Listen, we're, these we're, top we're, coaches know players better than guys who have never played football before, though. Eh? Yeah, yeah, but you would, you would think I'll so. Give, I'll give you a perfect example, just quickly, Mark. I know, I know this for fact. Fact. There was a guy who was a manager of a top top club, and his door got chapped with his physiotherapist, and said, "Gaffer, I'm taking the three boys up for medicals." And he went, "What three boys?" He went, you're three January shiners. He had no idea who they were. Dear me. The chief executive brought them in. I can't... Is that here or down south? South. Down south. Mm -hmm. Brought them in to his his office. Northeast, Lancashire, London. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There is, is it Mark Wilson at Erdman? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Great Great job. Job. <laughs> right, so I love that one. I love that one. Right, uh, very, very quickly, because we want, you, we want you to finish off with that, as we like to do, with a wee bit of humour on the show. So quickly, Man U v PSG does. 
new manager, permanent, uh, a temporary, whatever. Any chance you see PSG winning that one comfortably in the Champions um, League last 16? Depends who they bring in. I, I, I would say PSG just now with the, the players at Manchester United. I think they're the trouble club just now. Uh, okay, then. We'll, we'll give you the next one as well. Your old club, Man City. I know you'll be down at the game against mm. uh, Schalke. Pep will, will, will have you down. You fancy your old club? Ah, we'll slaughter him. We will slaughter him. <laughs> Right, the other two English clubs for you, Sai, uh, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, not what they yeah. were a year or two ago. So Liverpool beat Bayern. Yeah, uh, Bayern and finally, looks a decent draw as well for Spurs against Borussia Dortmund. I think Dortmund will beat them. You fancy Dortmund, uh, do Dortmund you? Yeah. Really good, uh, really good this year. Top okay. Bundesliga by what, nine points? Uh-huh. I think Dortmund beat Tottenham over two legs. Right, we'll wait and see if those predictions come true. Right, we're going to finish off. 50 minutes on the clock the referee's looked at his watch stars he's holding up the injury time board <laughs> we've got three minutes try and make it three good ones compared oh, to previous Saturday nights that you've given us right Christmas party season it's coming to an end we're all looking forward to, to Santa coming on Tuesday morning uh, Sai you had the Peterhead Christmas uh-huh. day I know it was just by, by lot. I don't know if you guys were out waterlogging the pitch but your game was off uh-huh. on Saturday so you, you managed to get a, an, er, an earlier kick off <laughs> Jim was going, to, he was, going to get, he was going to get his training Saturday <laughs> The boys of Big Rory McAllister was raging. There's no way I'm training on the day of the Christmas do. <laughs> so straight out, free bar for the chairman. Brilliant. We're absolutely steaming by Citizens. Roger Morrison, great guy. Roger the Morris. directors are up there are brilliant. What's the name of his uh, establishment? Cotton Bull. The Cotton Bull. Oh, if you're ever in Peterhead, what a gaff. get up there and get into the, the Cotton Bull. Roger Morrison will lay on a free bar for you if you just say you're a guest of Simon Ferry <laughs> and Open Gold. Just put it on the tab. Just get right up there and get it right on the tab. Um, right, Daz. That's Best sc- Christmas night out. Oh, God, for hundreds. That's just good. Sc- <laughs> that's just sc- good. My, my biggest schoolboy, and, and like you, you and the boys, you always think, right, I'll pace myself. <laughs> By five o'clock, you've, you've had a good time. You know what I mean? You're thinking coronation street will bone half seven, I'm here. <laughs> but I decided this year, right, no, no, no chance. Schoolboy era, me and the mushroom, Mark Wilson, meeting the Mora in town, three o'clock. It's no half. It's no, it's no. I think old Shuggy Kevins is coming in, he's coming in about five as well. At so least Hugh, Hugh, to be fair, Hugh, Hugh can Hugh, keep going. He can, he can do about three balls rem- in red and be all right. I remember, can, Dan. I remember we had one with um, Wraith Rovers. Oh, Jesus. And more dressed up, and I had one of the big emus, no, the emus thing. So I'm <laughs> not a big hang of flash, so I'm running about this. <laughs> so some of the boys then come here and they were up, scoot my way, and we're having a real good time. And it got a bit late, and I was caught, I'm in the corner, right there, like, where's that? <laughs> I'm sitting in the corner and I'm dancing. <laughs> I had emu run like that. <laughs> Come on, have a kick. Sorry, right. Try to give emu a drink, right? <laughs> and talking to it, and oh, boys, absolutely nail me, slaughter. Oh, so I woke up with an emu. <laughs> well, she looked like an emu. Because <laughs> that's no bad, you know. Sai, best Christmas night out. Oh, we went to Manchester with Swindon. Fancy dress the whole uh, weekend. I was David Seaman. What, tell me, what is this fancy dress? It's just a laugh, isn't it? But anyway, so we're walking down the street and there's two poles coming towards me. I was steaming at this point, man. So boys are like that. There's two slikers through on goal, so I've ran over to the two poles right down at their feet. <laughs> Nearly tripped them off, man, that close to getting huckled for the full weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but they've seen the funny side and let us away a bit. Christmas days are brilliant. I absolutely love them. I love How, for the Christmas dresses, David? Moustache and a ponytail? Moustache, ponytail, that was it. Uh, no, the full Arsenal that, strip as well. Goalie oh, strip. Uh, studs, like studs, studs on in the pub. I was slipping all over the place, man. Big goalie goes down my pint. It was brilliant. Padded shorts on. Padded shorts, everything. Oh, brilliant. I love that. That would be a great sight right in the middle. Two poles were raging, man. Ah, brilliant. Well, that's a nice wee way to to round us off. We've had nearly 55 minutes from the boys, from Simon Ferry and from our special guest, Gordon Dale. From everyone at Open Goal, it's been a terrific 2018. This is our last podcast. We'll be back with you, um, I'm guessing, on the 15th of January. I think we'll be back. But thanks for making us the number three in the iTunes Sport Podcast. We're very, very happy you've been listening to us. Delighted that you're enjoying the show. And from everyone at Open Goal, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll speak to you all soon. You hold a crisp green apple in your palm. You take a bite and the first fresh crunch bursts into sweetness. The flavour lingers and the sensation is delicious. We've brought colour to this feeling with Kerry Pippin, one of 28 new contemporary colours 
inspired by Ireland. Visit Colortrend.ie to find and support your local stockist. Colortrend, an Irish company proudly crafting paint since 1953. Get ready for a big weekend of live sport with Sky Sports and Sports Extra, half price for six months. Watch the Champions Cup with Leinster versus Saracens on BT Sports. And all four days of the US Open only on Sky Sports. Absolutely superb. Get Sky Sports and Sports Extra, half price for six months. Search Sky Sports Sale. New sports customers only. Standard pricing applies after six months or of cancelling one element of the bundle. Minimum term and further terms apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.